Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast, and thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. We're living in some interesting times. More than ever, we face continuous pressure to transform established practices in order to improve our outcomes market competition, the digital world, speed of information flow, and higher demands by consumers place external pressures on organizations to view change as part of our daily work. Regardless of our industry, we're all facing significant pressure, yet people in organizations don't have a sense of urgency to make changes to stay in the game. Today, I talk about ways to shift how we think about the way change occurs in our organizations. Then I talk about some common organizational barriers to change that we have to manage to keep our organization strong and healthy. So what does change feel and look like? Over the past several months, I've been highly connected with our higher education executive partners. Here's what they face. Student enrollment is down for entering freshmen. There are fewer young people to recruit. There are jobs available for young people, so they may not choose to go to college. They may attend part-time while working. Young people have a variety of choices today. There are more colleges and universities that offer non-traditional ways to go to college. In public institutions, state funding is declining, which causes tuition to rise for colleges and universities to do business. Therefore, student debt is higher than ever. The costs are shifting to them, causing colleges and universities to be scrutinized by the public for raising the cost of higher education in America that places a long-time burden on students. I think you get my point. What external pressures are your organizations and professions facing? We all face some common challenges. People expect speed, agility, and personal attention for a lower price point. As we advance our work with our partners, we've discovered that organizations want information and professional learning at people's fingertips when they need it. People want to work at their own pace and in the way that makes sense to them. Our team is constantly listening to people we serve. On the next episode, I'll interview Dr. Julie Kunselman, one of our team members, to talk about how we view student feedback and attended to external pressures to make changes to a professional learning program. Our teacher-ready option is an online alternative PK through 12 certification program offered to people all over the world who have a passion to teach. We also have what we call a 9P team. As we listen to our organizational partners and networks, we have developed a 9P platform that offers digital learning opportunities that focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence. We've listened to those we serve. They want small, bite-sized learning opportunities and access to the nine principles content. In a subsequent episode, Mandy Gagliardi, on our team will join me to talk about how we designed this system as we consider the changing landscape for the way people want to learn and want content at their fingertips. Both efforts reinforce our need to change as we face natural external pressures in a changing world. Here's what we all know. To thrive in tomorrow's world, we must have relentless focus on improving systems by creating and sustaining a culture that reinforces high performance. 
One of my favorite books is John Cotter's A Sense of Urgency. He writes about the intense challenges and pressures that arise when business cultures go from one kind of change to the other. He suggests we need to move our actions to focus on continuous change rather than episodic change. Episodic change is what we are most familiar with. It is the infrequent, discontinuous, and intentional actions we take when something's not working. It's usually driven by the top of the organization as an event that will occur. Episodic change is deliberate and formal and tends to be disruptive to the organization. We may change the organizational structure to try to get the right people in the right places, for example. John Cotter promotes that organizations need to see change as continuous. Continuous change is a way of life for people in organizations. Our roles continuously adapt as we revise, modify, and transform our practices to stay ahead. The organization is seen as dynamic with continuous improvements and advancements. Change is a pattern of endless modifications in work processes and actions. People who work on teams have an improvement mindset. We've talked about that before. Analyzing, reflecting, and acting on data and tacit knowledge to build continuous improvements. Many of us have grown up with episodic change. That's why external pressures are so difficult for leaders and teams. Moving from episodic to continuous change is like training a sprinter to run a marathon. Although both sports involve running, the type of running is very different. We have to have a whole different muscle set, mindset, and range of emotional skills to shift from a sprinter to a marathon runner. The same holds true when we shift from practicing approaches aligned to episodic and move to continuous change. Change is difficult because it affects us personally. As leaders and teams, we have to gain new muscle sets, mindsets, and emotional skills to develop our teams to do the same. More about this on a later episode. Today we focus on some key barriers to organizational change we need to confront. Let's review three organizational barriers to change. I think they'll be familiar to you. Barriers originate at a subconscious level, perhaps stemming from emotions that sit just below the surface. We may not even realize we're acting in a particular way. When we do, we may not know how to change our behavior. One such behavior we notice is denial. Let's say we've been reviewing multiple data sets that show a downward trend in results that are reflective of our team needing to do something different. Our first instinct is to deny the data. We may say that something is wrong with the data. Not the right data, too old, not enough of it, so on. We may accept the data but think the problem is not ours but someone else's. And we may accept the data and the problem and throw our hands up saying a solution cannot be found. And several weeks ago, I was in a meeting with the grounds crew team who was responsible for taking care of the sports fields. The manager received several specific complaints about the brown grass on the fields and the lines not drawn in a presentable way. And the manager reviewed the results with me, and here's the way his conversation went. He said, I'm sharing some information with you. I'm not sure how it was collected. Most likely, the people who always complain are the ones upset and provided feedback. Even if the information is accurate, we can't do our job the right way because the field crew employees don't do their jobs, which affects our job. 
I don't know what they expect of us. We're doing the best we can with the people we have. If they want it done differently, they're going to have to make some changes in the way people work around here. <laughs> Shoo, you know, now that situation is a hard nut to crack, but you know, it's one very familiar to us. A second barrier is rationalization. When we rationalize, we come up with reasons that something won't work, can't work, or will never work. Sometimes we can rationalize so much that not only will our excuses make sense to us, but they'll make sense to everybody else too. We may even rationalize them so much that they become our reality and part of our nomenclature. Let's look at how we may rationalize not recognizing people too much. I've been guilty of something I've heard others say. Have you heard people say, don't compliment people too much, they'll get complacent? Or what about this? If people get too many compliments, they'll get a big head. And my healthcare colleagues remind me that with all the time they've spent working in hospitals, they've never seen anyone in the emergency room with a swelled head and a diagnosis of being overcomplimented. One of the most common rationalizations we hear is lack of resources. We find that one of the best ways a leader can address this one is to find another organization with similar numbers and study it to see why it has better performance. It's extremely helpful for leaders and teams to share practices that landed results. We hold four conferences every year that focus on just that. We bring our organizational partners together to focus on problems of practice they solved to get better results in the most efficient and productive ways. They show how improving work processes and refining systems save the organization money to reinvest in growth. And we host these sessions for different industries coming together so that they can network with each other. We ask the organizational participants to relate, not compare, when listening to their colleagues. When we compare our organization to the ones presenting, we say things like, our organization does not look like theirs, so it wouldn't work for us. It's a different size in a different part of the country with different demographics. When we say things like this, we're creating a barrier for change. We're rationalizing why what others are doing wouldn't work for us. The goal is to learn and harvest best practices from others to determine how best practices could be transferred to our organizations in a way that makes sense to us. Blame is another barrier for organizational change. It's tempting to blame easy targets. Employees blame executive leadership. Executives blame boards. We may blame government regulations. One of the most common areas we place blame in organizations is inadequate compensation and benefits. In fact, on most employee engagement surveys, it's the lowest scored set of items. We like to point our finger to blame someone or something other than ourselves for poor results. And here's the difficult news on how we handle blame. We have to stop blaming in our organizations. You know, I always think we need a sign in our offices that says this is a no-blame zone. Change is both difficult and exciting. And this week, reflect on these questions. How will we choose to work through the discomfort we feel from change? Will we act with denial, rationalization, and blame? How can we shift our thinking to continuous change as a mode of operation? What help do we need to make this change? Will we see change as an opportunity to get better by focusing on actionable improvements? 
Will we understand that living with continuous change means we need to talk to each other more and more often? Also, as you start your week, view change as positive and an opportunity to take our mission to a higher level. And some changes in our lives are viewed as positive. For example, when we move to a new house or do upgrades on an existing home, we get excited about those changes. We're excited about the changes even when we have to adjust and adapt to the changes. Change, then, is a source of opportunity. We've been on the side where we were a barrier to organizational change. I know I have. We've been on the side when we've worked on a team when someone else was a barrier to organizational change. And we've lived through people being in denial, rationalizing, and blaming. Peter Senge, the author of the best-selling book, The Fifth Discipline, says that if we focus on the goal, we'll hit the goal. If we focus on the barrier, we'll hit the barrier. Let's focus on the goal. When we do, we'll gain better skills and dispositions to work with tomorrow's external pressures and demands. Rather than the pressures driving us, we'll see daily challenges as our greatest opportunities. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you next week as we host Dr. Julie Kunselman to take us through a transformational change. Have a great week.